0: This is not a recruitment podcast.
1: Hi everyone, producer Rosie here. Now, it wouldn't be the Powered by People podcast if something didn't go wrong in production. We had a mic issue on this episode, so please accept our apologies for the audio quality. We hope you still enjoy it.
0: Back to another episode of the Powered by People podcast. Today we are joined by Catherine, VP of People at TrueLayer, um, and the fabulous William Brewer, um, aka Bill, talent director at the Rec Hub. Um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about DEI. and I. Uh, as well as uh, the gender pay gap, which is something, a topic that we haven't covered yet on the podcast at all. So really interesting stuff. Um, and, and talk to, to Catherine a little bit about her experience in these areas. Um, I think uh, we talked a little bit before we started filming about what is the gender pay gap, mm-hmm. as there can be some misconceptions about it. But before we get into that, Catherine, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Hi, Cat i'm vp of people at true layer um i've been with true layer now since april 2022 uh, so it's been a really interesting time to be a part of the organization and i'll be taking a little hiatus for maternity <laughs> patients, uh, in the next couple of months really. amazing so, congratulations thank you
1: yeah.
0: we are both well you're not so new anymore
1: are you now they like, when does it not become new anymore like yeah how old is Oliver now like 14, months. 14 months yeah 14 uh, yeah. months it depends so. how you're feeling about it yeah <laughs> it. I mean it's every time I mean he's just like walking now which was cute for about a second and then you realise this is now a new challenge oh, now now. So
0: everything's new still new but yeah <laughs> my baby Bella is six months and just uh, she's just learned to spit basically so she just <laughs> she just does this and spits everywhere yeah nice also not very not, not very fun yeah I um, oh, won't ask where she picked that up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing, so um, what's your, uh, your thoughts on the gender pay gap? How do you perceive, what is the gender pay gap? Alright, let's
2: start with what is the gender pay gap and yeah. I think it's a really good point that you made that not, not everybody fully understands what it is So let's talk about <coughs> what it is And then we'll talk about what it's not yeah. And then why it's important So the gender pay gap is essentially a metric That's used in the UK But also in many other countries as well that measures, at its most basic level, it measures the, the difference between hourly pay mm-hmm. between men and women in an organization. So all the way down to hourly. So it doesn't matter whether or not you say, well, we don't pay our team the hourly, we pay them manually. You calculate that out and you work it out. And you work out the difference. Right? Okay. So the UK brought in that measure um, that organizations over the size of 250 now have a legal requirement to report on that every year. And that's why it became a bit more of a buzz so some organizations would do that anyway just to yeah. sort of have a look and say you know how are we doing mm-hmm. once it started to be talked about but then the, the legislation came in to say once you hit a certain size you have a, a liability to, to report in it and you have to report on a date and time a little bit like doing your tax right when you do your tax return, yeah. well, you have to do a snapshot from the year before and even this this uh, whether you're in May 2023 you're Reporting on the year previous, okay. so where, where was I? So, very similar 20?
0: to your tax, exactly yeah. like
2: that. Yeah. it's so a nice, it's a good way to get your head around yeah. if you do your own tax return on yeah, that, true. If you know, people are like, What do you mean by tax? <laughs> <laughs> I was panicking now, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to fill any gender pay gap on your tax return, though. That's how it works, you don't have to work out your hourly pay either, uh, yet. So that's essentially, and it's very very important what it is. Yeah. Now, what organizations try to do uh, as part of that measure is to say, okay, well, how are we tracking? You know, what does it mean? How do we compare across the industry, across our size? What, what, what does good look like mm. for us? What is useful, because once you submit that to, to um, a government gateway, it, it's totally um, out there. Mm. So it's, it's public, public information. I don't know if you guys are familiar, with there's a really cool Twitter handle at the moment that, for every organisation who talk that talks about DEI and women representation, that you can basically go to this Twitter handle and just tweet the name of that organisation plus gender pay gap, and it will return the gender pay gap. Oh onto, wow, that's cool. Provided that they've reported yeah. it, right? So it's a little bit of a wait. Now once it's out there, it's out there, right. right? So you can you can talk the good talk, but you, you're going to be challenged against the reality of your of your. Because it's premise. public
0: record. There's no. You, you that, can't, you know, yeah. your, your marketing team have got hard work yeah, <laughs> because yeah, where, you know there, there's absolutely.
2: some uh,
0: lines that, that companies will use to promote, you know, diversity uh, yeah, yeah. in inclusion and also how fairly treated women will be. But if the gender pay gap is public knowledge, then it can be
1: yeah. you know, full transparency. So, so let's so let,
2: then we've got to talk about what the gender pay gap is. Really is and what it isn't, because that's the bit that comes with you I can look at a percentage number that shows me a difference, but what does that mean? What does it mean in the organisation? Yeah. I think there's a, there's a few misconceptions between gender pay gap and what and equal pay. This so is it. Yeah, this exactly. is this is the really important bit. So if I've got, like our organisation is predominantly software engineers, yeah, it does. If I have a gender pay gap of whether it's twelve percent, eight percent, five percent, it does not mean that if you are a software engineer and you're male. You get paid more than a software engineer and you're female. Yes. That's not what it's measuring, right? It's taking the average of all the women in my organization from every single level and all of the men and looking at what that difference is. And usually, what you find, no surprises, is that the pay gap comes about because of you, because you you can measure it all the way down. You can look at it and say, oh, at these levels, Mm I'm tracking pretty good. Everybody's in a pay gap. All my engineers are paid fairly all my junior managers are paid fairly but usually in every organisation there will be a point where I hit a level and that gap starts to widen and that's typically where I'm stepping into the leadership roles Yeah. and what that's telling you is that I don't have full female representation or equal female representation at the leadership level so the gap starts to widen as you've got more and more senior men who are getting paid more, more money. effectively yeah. Yeah. so that it, it's helpful to really understand that because what that means then is doesn't mean you're a terrible organization because you have a gender no not at app, all but it means that maybe there is some work to, that needs to be looked at now there might be a lot of reasons why there is that like organizations like ours which you know our entire organization is 70% men 30% women yeah is so that because of it's a stem industry it's fintech right? so even the roles coming up from from universities and stuff like that you have already got that gap in yeah. knowledge and skills when it comes to stem so what do organizations need to do to be able to translate that all the way through to leadership we're already dealing with with a gap just in numbers Mm -hmm. what what are the measures and the things that you've got to put in place to try to close that gap or do something about it even if you can't close it entirely that's when you start to talk about I.
0: yeah absolutely and and going back to what you said earlier because i think it's really important there has to be a differentiator between equal pay and the gender pay gap. Yes. Equal pay, if we're not aligned on that, is, is way more serious and detrimental, right? Because then you've got two people doing the same job, yeah, not getting paid the same amount of money. Yeah.
2: Is that <laughs> Discrimination,
1: right? Discrimination.
2: Yeah. Well, so... So when you're at the point that you are hiring two roles at the exact same level to do the exact same thing, yeah, then you're protected by by law in the UK for equal pay for equal work, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, there's a reality there when you start diving into that is perhaps I've got two people in the same role, one's been here two or three years longer, yeah, yeah. which means they've gone through a number of pay cycles, one's on, so they're on a slightly different scale, but that you can justify all of exactly. those things, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But going to that very first point, I shouldn't be hiring... Because one of the things that makes me laugh on LinkedIn is that you see a lot of people who say, well, you know, that men might negotiate a high salary. It's like, yeah. okay, but it should if they are, oh, that's great, but it should be within that range. Yeah. And it shouldn't be such a, a wide range that that you're not prepared to even then have that conversation with any women that you're hiring in that yeah. To as
0: well. Is that is that a conversation? I haven't seen that before. Men are
1: men are what better at negotiating, or it
2: comes up. To the yeah, oh, yeah. there too. is. Yeah. yeah, there's
1: um. Please there do Jordan? What's his name? The famous psychologist. This all over Instagram. No, Jordan. Jordan Peterson. 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 Oh, are we going to go down that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I see a lot of clips <laughs> of I mean, that's not, that. Can, that can really get us in trouble. No, <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. As, I've I just follow quick. Jordan
2: Peterson
1: it out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, see, it pops up everywhere now, does it? it? you see his stuff pop up when he's talking about that men are more it comes across like an aggressive or assertive personality trait oh okay they, and he talks about that's a big reason behind why why when it comes to salary negotiations that that ends up causing a disparity in salary. I mean if, yeah that's where that comes from that sort of things i've seen which yes yeah, you know.
0: it's, it's different i mean uh, my wife was always yeah. way better at, at salary negotiations than i was i was terrible i just i just take the commission i, <laughs> I would i would yeah, I, yeah. I just could handle the conversations um whereas she was always pushing for more so, in, in my experience, it, it, that there's, it didn't
1: necessarily try. i terrible at conflict and those sort of conversations are horrible. <laughs> <so. Is it? laughs> can I have a, No, don't <laughs> no, worry about it. I was going
2: to say. YouTube come and work for us because it might really help us uh, balance <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> out we, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could have this, but I'm going to get it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so it's really interesting um, to see that there is a difference, and I think often that that is a misconception. When, when people talk about gender pay gap, it's like you're a terrible company you've got a massive gender pay gap but yeah. actually it's not it's just that you know particularly for you know companies that are um, growing in the STEM sort of in STEM fields it is difficult to ensure that you've got sort of a, a tight gender pay gap because there, you know a lot of the STEM uh, people coming through uh, from the STEM subjects are, there's are male there's a disparity right? <laughs>
2: it, well, well, there's a disparity to start off with but let's let's be like you know i don't want while it's not a it's good to understand what it what it is it is actually something companies can and should be doing something absolutely about. yeah So it, it does become within their control to a point where you said yes there are challenges in particular industries but when when you're looking at that like if you were to look on your two to three year trend year on year and you're like oh this is getting this is widening mm. that's totally within the organization's yeah. control you know yeah. what measures am i putting in place to promote women and leadership is my organisation attractive to women in the first place, particularly women leaders? Am I working with the women who are not yet in leadership roles but are doing great roles across, like maybe mid-level management, and identifying them and I'm working with them to so them getting them into leadership yeah. roles? So I think it's it. Yeah, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad organ, um, employer because I'm paying people fair unfairly. But it, it does mean that where I have a gap, there are opportunities for organisations... Improvement within for improvement, the and i to, ...to lean in and to, to get in there and to do something about yeah. it, really. And th- there's a huge bit about... It's not... I think where organisations are getting to, you know... The, de- the actions that you take shouldn't necessarily be about, we've got to close the pay gap, that's it. we have going to close the pay gap so I look good externally when I get hit with this Twitter ping and yeah. <laughs> um, my numbers are good and then I, I don't get any flack yeah you should be doing these things for the benefits of actually all of the statistics show us that you know increased women in leadership drive yeah. revenue drive creativity, empathy in the business attractive to other to other um, roles coming in so there's a bigger reason for doing these things a gender pay gap is just a measure yeah. to see how you're doing where my opportunities are to do something about it yeah and that's
0: a big it's point. like any other kpi in the organization isn't it you know if you're, you're looking at any kpi for any business yeah. there'll be a metric that that enables you to have a conversation about whether it's operating profit or whether it's um you know something in in uh, in a sales metric if you're looking at it and that that gives you an opportunity to say that's good. That's yeah. bad. How can we? What can we do to improve
1: that? Yeah. And that's all that is. And like you said, there's a level of like comfortable around either side, either way, right around how close it needs to get to. But I assume there comes a point where if it's it gets too far, then it becomes even harder to attract women or even do anything about that gap because you can't attract people into those roles. You can't. Because well, exactly? If I can't see
2: myself doing that role, if I can't see myself represented at that level, then. What you know, yeah. it's not doesn't just impact your leadership. It impacts everybody coming in. It's like, well, there's no, I can't see myself building a career here mm-hmm. because either you're not investing in women or you're not giving women those opportunities. What's the point me yeah. joining? Uh, where's my career going to go And that's the same for um, you know a number of other minority groups as well outside of women. That representation really matters mm-hmm. in those in those roles.
0: It's funny. We, we for clients and for ourselves, we had to adjust. Um, because of that reason we adjusted like our interview process when we, we were looking at like we wanted to inc- you know make sure that we had a bigger representation of females in, in, our, in the rec hub, for example um, and when we were like looking at how we can not just go out and just find uh, women to hire but also how can we ensure that they're going through our process and that we, we, you know we're representing women all the way through the organization, and we looked at it as like we haven't got a single female in the business in the interview, in the interview process, process. <laughs> and it was just yeah. like you know that so when that when other females are sitting there and interviewing with us they're not seeing themselves in that sense and so we're not going to be having a, a higher opportunity to to you know get them in the business but yeah it's it's really interesting
1: so I was just going to say yeah I mean it's you speak to um like partners of ours and and you do a bit of an audit and they say no we're representative we're absolutely fine and you look into some of those things you ask a few questions around it and they're like actually no yeah, I didn't think you like that. like
0: <laughs> yeah. well
1: actually no I thought we were yeah we've got you know a lot of the software teams are out but it's usually down to the fact that there's more males working in software roles usually than there are females so um, it's a lot of companies are doing a hell of a lot of great work um, to try and balance that up but then when it comes to interview process they're not including any um, diversity um, in the interview process it's
2: like well obviously you know you can start earlier than that, though. Some cracking software out there at the moment. I forget the names of them, but I'm sure you can Google this. That, that you, at the point that you're writing the um, job description, you can. It's a bit like Grammarly, right? Yeah. You, you chuck it yeah. through. You chuck it through a filter. I'm sure Jack, chat uh, GPT is picking this up as well now. Oh. But anyway, you chuck it through a filter, and it will do an analysis of the language that you're using. Whether the terms that you're using is uh, leaning more masculine or feminine. Mm-hmm. Whether there's more neutrality that you could add into language whether it's certain phrases that, that actually has been, have been proven to be less appealing yeah. to different genders. And that that's at the point before you even got to interview stage, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. how how am I how is the, the, the way that I represent the role taking into account inclusivity? And attractiveness for a number of different genders, rather than maybe being. And I'll be honest, like these are some of the roles that I wrote. <laughs> so, I, I, so when I checked into this filter, I was like, oh, maybe I'm slightly aggressive in some certain sort of things. Maybe I can change that. So it's, but it's really, it's really helpful to have that, you know, Absolutely. that mirror held up. But and so that's before you've even got in the room, right? Yeah. So it's like, what what are we saying? What's in, what's attractive? What language are we using? How are we describing the roles? That actually, people go, oh, that's interesting. I can see myself in that role. Yeah. I want to find out a little bit more. So there's all that going on, and then there's the whole bit about how, and this is where you guys come in. I think from the recruitment side and the talent space is that, you know, how is the organisation represented? Yeah. So if, if somebody like you know, I put a great job ad out that they ticked all the boxes. There's no there's no sort of leaning either way. Yeah. First thing people are going to do is like, okay, what is this organisation? Let's let's say a little bit about it, and what do they do? Oh, it's it's fintech. Do I really understand fintech? Do I really understand open banking? But what, where does the culture come to play in that? And how does the culture come across? Whether it's just on my LinkedIn page or my website, and all those things are, are playing, uh, you know, a role in somebody then deciding whether they can see themselves in that organisation.
0: So true. I was actually, I was just going to say actually, I was speaking to a a i expert a few months ago. And she mentioned that uh, uh, people have, have really got it twisted in, in some sense. You know, let's go out and find more women to come and work in this organisation. But exactly as you've just said, DE&I starts at, with the I. There's got to be inclusion in the organisation. Otherwise, you just go out and hire a bunch of women to fit into a, a business that isn't including them. So they quickly leave. Yeah. Um, and, and also... If you're if you're starting with the I with the inclusion aspect, you're you potentially are naturally going and organically going to create opportunities to bring more women into the business mm-hmm. because they feel more empowered, they feel more, um, you know, they feel a sense of more like ownership towards the business, so that you can you can get some sort of organic growth there as well. Um, but it's so true if you, if you're not building a culture of inclusion forget the diversity hiring piece mm-hmm. you know um, forget the
2: metric it's yeah. does it translate yeah yeah
0: exactly because it'll just be short-lived mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a really really interesting point um a question that that i've i've got um and uh one that we we've, we've sort of i've i've had conversations with lots of different um clients over the last few weeks since we've seen lots of layoffs and you know the. Uh, the economy's taken a huge hit uh, across across Europe. There's huge budget restrictions mm-hmm. um, in hiring, and that what for for what some people have have suggested has really affected DE and I within organisations. Yeah. Um, so it begs the question: Is DE and I a luxury, or or is it built into our, our overall you know budget and strategy? Because the, to some degree, they have there is budget associated to. To deny incentives.
2: Mm, gosh, it's a tough one, isn't it? And I think different organisations, if they're being super honest, will say different things.
0: You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's really difficult to give a blanket answer to that. But it's. <laughs> I'll it, right, yeah. try. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it, it just sort of. Um, first of all, the larger the organisation, the easier it is to do, just because you, you've got sheer scale, yeah. right? So that that's much easier than we talked a little bit about earlier about that don't just hit the gender pay gap for the sake of it there are business benefits of having you know diversity of thought even not just diversity of gender but diversity of thought represented at all different layers across your organization and not just for helping me understand the customer it's just helping me understand how different people think and the different skills, qualities and life experience they bring to different projects regardless yeah. of, of your background or, or, or your skin colour or your, your sexual orientation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so where am I going with this? So is it luxury? So it's harder to do with small organisations, definitely. And this is at the point where the organisation as as a decision to make. Yeah. So am I doing it to tick boxes, like make sure I look okay in the yeah. pay gap yeah. so because I, I might look a bit shit, you know, if if I'm I'm doing this. Or am I doing it for reasons because it's it's important, right? And I think I think when you're smaller that's hard. It is hard to sort of say that we have a mission and we're trying to, and we have a vision for what the company needs to be mm-hmm. and whether that is Whatever we're trying to do, like our mission is we want to kill cards, right? For example, yeah. How do we get everybody behind that to become, you know, the number one provider in open banking going, going forward? Do we say we want to kill cards and we want everyone to be utterly included as we go along and do it? Well, the reality is we don't say that, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But do we want people to come and work for us who do their best work? Yes, and, and by doing their best work, a number of things have to be true, right? I feel fully embrace where I work, I can fully be myself and I'm I'm fully I feel fully part of the team and I'm included, right? Yeah. there's a number of other things that you can talk about. And therefore if you if you are striving for that mm. then actually, then absolutely yes. Then it isn't a luxury. It's an absolute um, part of critical your DNA. part of the culture that you're trying to create if you believe that the culture is built on then a great culture leads you to a great business outcome. Yeah. So I think there's a huge bit around that, but I think there's some organisations, and we won't name the industry where they are, that are like that's all <laughs> super nice, but but the business outcome is the most important thing. Yeah. And and that's and that's fine. That's fair enough. I think there are organisations that say that that say like if you are brilliant at this, I don't care where you've been, what you've done, what you've done, but as long as you're helping me hit that goal, right? Yeah. So, technically, they are being more... I with like the language, as a yeah, <laughs> thing. Yeah. So, it depends on where you, you go. It's like whether it's my... I, I really want to create a culture that, that's good, that people are going to thrive in. Yes. Because I know that's going to get me to my business outcome. Yeah. Then that's one approach. But other organisations are like, culture is, is what it is, but my outcome is the, most, all the... All the people that I want are going to be here to get to that outcome, regardless. Yep. Now, I think... Where it becomes a problem, particularly if you're hiring or deciding where to go, is you need to know what you're getting into.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: And that becomes a bit harder. But I think there is, without much too much digging, you can find those organisations that are very blunt about. Yeah. We are mm-hmm. business outcome focused. That is first, and that's what we're going to do. It's a quick glass door. It's a quick whatever. Yeah. But quick look on the pictures, and you, you see yourself <laughs> represented there. Yes or no? Maybe not. But, but it is hard to know that. But you've got to, while well, I don't, you know, you'll have your preference of where you want to be. You've got to have a little bit of respect for the organisation that just says all those things are super nice. For sure. But if if we're not hitting that goal, then... Nothing, nothing
1: else matters. matters. Nothing else matters. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it, because back to your point earlier about we've seen the stats that like that say productivity and some of the benefits of having a diversified workforce. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a back yeah. if you do your redundancy process if you have to go through that unfortunately and you think about it in a way that how are we going to build back better because that's ultimately the goal of redundancy as much as we give up anyway so you want to be able to build back the organization but having making sure that you're taking those stats and statistics and facts when you're saying this is the workforce we're going to, to build back with mm. a more productive one is going to be a diversified one so we have to think about that when we're doing this process mm-hmm. rather than Let's just trouble these people and. Yes,
2: yeah. it's also,
0: it's also my my thoughts on on the question are very much. I think, you know, d- there are lots of initiatives and and incentives that you can that do cost money, mm-hmm. um, within the DE and I sort of topic, but inclusion, can just be. it it, it doesn't cost money to to ensure that people have a voice yeah that you you can uh you can almost build a culture of authenticity so that people can just you know that they 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 don't feel like they're being shut out purely because of one of those you know whether it's religion sexual orientation whatever that and that's where i think it shouldn't be a luxury. Inclusion shouldn't be a luxury. No. Um, you know, and, and you would hope that simply by, you know, we're a smaller business and we're incredibly inclusive. We don't, there, there's no massive budget for anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not just DE&I, but I, I think we do a pretty good job of, of, you know, being inclusive because that's just part of our DNA. That's part of our culture. That is mm-hmm. part of our business. So I think you're absolutely right. For the lo- large organisations, it's a lot easier because there's, there's more money to go around. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that, the, that it definitely can be a, can be seen as a luxury for, for some of those businesses like you've mentioned. Yeah, um, But it doesn't have to be. I think there can be a very, very cheap option to just let people be included in, in the business. Yeah,
2: and I guess my example isn't necessarily that the businesses don't want to do it because of money. Mm. I think if they don't want to do it, it's like it, it's, it's yeah, low, for so sure. it gets the outcome. Then the other side of that is to people you know that's is a it, distraction almost is it yeah, yeah for sure but then you go the other way like, is it is it window dressing so yeah we're gonna have these we're gonna have these really good inclusive events and um, but does that translate to how leadership really make me feel and, and the way that they you know think talk and, and model behaviors? yeah and that's the, the big bit right so I can go to a I can go to a pride event and we can all we, we had a brilliant event last year when I first joined about you know as Over commercialized, we've got these big organizations who stick rainbows and everything. But but, you know, are people feeling included in those organizations? I think the
0: March was like a hundred grand just to to be a part of it for a business,
2: (laughs) right? (laughs) So you start to see there's there's potential problems with that, where it's it's turning into you know, commercial. Absolutely, right? So, the the, the, the group that we're talking about, brilliant. It's like, you know, we've talked, we've heard about greenwashing, we're now talking about pinkwashing, yeah, (laughs) And, and I think it's. I think it's really good to call that out, oh, yeah. it's, it's it's a really important point, so there's window dressing, that's rather than people call it window dressing, and then there's true, you know, leadership, living by the culture and the values that they're setting out, and modelling that behaviour. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, that you, that's the free stuff you're talking about. Yeah, right? for sure. None of that needs to be a luxury, because inclusion these days isn't, these necessarily these groups that we've talked about it's everything from neurodiversity, you yeah, know, from, from yeah. the the different disadvantaged backgrounds, you know? absolutely, and so all of that comes together to play a role and to say you know just can, can I bring my true self to work, to work so yeah. whatever that looks like, you know even from a, a you know in a uh, can I talk about my family at work, you know, yeah, what, what's the average age here? Am I the outlier about right? having family and things like that? So it's. It, it, I like the word inclusion, it's a really good one to pick out, because it, it's everything. Right? It really is. And that, I think, doesn't cost money to do, but if you want to, if you really want to do something about it, then it, it, it needs a level of thinking in yeah. order to, to make sure you're it to life so it doesn't just become window dressing.
1: For sure. On that topic of window dressing, there's obviously a lot of people that have been made redundant, and a lot of people then going to be looking for work over the next months again yeah. back into work do you have any advice for how people navigate window dressing? Can <laughs> how can we pick out the ones that are just, can, window, I mean, that are just name companies but what would your advice be to when people are looking at companies what to look for in interview processes or what to look for on LinkedIn and, and this, yeah. there's a lot of information out there so a lot of misinformation out there probably hard, as well it's hard so it's glass door yeah i mean you've got to love and hate glass door because yeah.
2: it's, it's the wild west of it's reviews isn't one, it you yeah and like door. and you write whatever you want regardless yeah. anonymously yeah. exactly uh, did you ever work for me ever have you yeah. ever been to a yeah. doors you could just write it on
1: your competitors
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, just, what exactly you yeah. know it's, it's like a trip
1: advisor isn't it it's, you're more likely to leave a bad review yeah. than a good one right so yeah it's, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, and so so there's a bit of stuff with picture salt, and I, as a small organisation when I first started, I think whenever you do get a negative glass door review, like the people involved, it's so personal. It's so <laughs> yeah. personal. People are, like deeply upset, and they're like, Who, what, "What do we think? What is this?" And it's like, "Got to let it go, right?" Yeah. Unless there's something terribly um, inaccurate and, and factual that you can yeah. really pick up the phone and say, "Like, so you got to take yeah. this down." Yeah. <laughs> Outrageous, yeah. and we we have done that once. really? Yeah. Um. That that you can go down. You know, you have got to take certain pictures. Yeah. Think of it. Don't like don't be the chef
1: that comes marching out the kitchen. Yeah. And yeah. to, to complain and send the food back. Yeah. yeah awesome. exactly. Yeah. But
2: the thing about TripAdvisor is that when somebody's written a terrible review, you can usually click on the picture and you can see they've written fifty terrible. Reviews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, my my your opinion is somewhat coloured by judgement there. Yeah. yeah. So okay, but yes, have a little look. Um, how do you spot what's real and what's not real? Um it's super super hard mm. isn't it you know so if you if the company is invested really well in their marketing although like we said go and have a look at the gender pay gap yeah. you know are they window dressing are they saying that oh, we've got those women in leadership roles what is their actual pay gap there's some hard metrics out there go and have a look to see what their overall um, does their annual reports touch on any, anything and everything from gender pickups to sustainability yeah. do they have they got a live published D&I or D&I, whatever they're calling it strategy Magi, yeah. all of that kind of stuff are those things up and available for me to, to look at and mm. to access and then you get into all the bits that we talked about as well is like when I'm reading the job ads what's, is this language inclusive yeah. and appealing to me what has my process been like what has the interaction been like have I felt like respected and valued through the process or have I been ghosted yeah, you know, but all these things start to give you an indication of what an organisation
0: is like. And like I said, where you know a couple of years ago that we were really bad at, how was the, how is actually are all of the things on social media and all of the marketing um, initiatives are they matching your experience? You know, um, you can take take all of these things, Glassdoor and uh, the, you know their socials, your interview process, the conversations, and does it all match? Um, I think you know th- there's a number of uh, businesses where the inter- you know the interview process, if you don't, if you aren't interviewed or, or you don't speak to a single female in the interview process, and yet they're saying you know we're we're massively inclusive, then you might have to question why that is. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah, you have to yeah like like Catherine says, you take all of these things with a pinch of salt and try
1: and come up with your own. Uh, your own analysis, I suppose. I saw it really good. I saw that um, some companies started introducing where they say, you know, feel free to... I mean, they'll say, feel free to reach out to anyone in the team and have a chat with them as well. And they encourage all their team members to respond to anyone that reaches out like about that, an interview yeah. process as well. So that, you know, you're having a normal interview, um, but then you can go and reach out to someone in the team and just have a chat with them to see what it's like working there and stuff. You can often pick up a bit of the DNA in the company. In that way as well. Yeah, that's really... Good.
2: And I will say that about the interview process as well, is that, you know, the interview process, because usually... Most processes time some a couple of rounds, right? Oh, yeah. So it's not usually the one round. Is that you should be, because I coach um, people outside the organisation as well. as say mm. use the interview process as an interview for you. It's a hundred percent a two-way right? thing. Ask, ask some good questions. You figure out what what you want. You've got to tick, Make sure you tick some of those boxes, mm. but then also use it as an opportunity to figure out what works for you figure yeah. out and ask those questions because you'll learn a lot yeah. by asking those questions and, and if you're having a fairly rigorous process maybe there are two or three rounds don't wait till the last round to ask the questions because yeah. you're going to meet different people along the way Right, yeah. so this is your opportunity to uh, I love that phrase you know figure out the DNA of the organisation mm. ask those questions to different people and yeah. see see what you get because people are, I, I find really, really open yeah yeah you know, they're really honest usually and, and really open what's what's going on so there's usually good. that's a good indicator that all predicts that you have got through to an interview stage at that point as (laughs) well so so yeah it's it's hard I mean what what would you suggest then how would you navigate it yeah I mean I've seen
1: some tips that people have said and and given like on LinkedIn now it's very you can't actually like uh, go on LinkedIn and say um uh, filter by male or filter by female, but you can filter by seniority in a company, and then you can look at who's in what role. Interesting point, um, actually. Yeah. In seniority and roles as well, so you can just look through pictures and see you
2: know, where. You're oh, I'm you mean Yeah, it's so, so you, can go, yeah. you can
1: go, onto like a company's profile, look at people, and then filter by seniority. Yeah, CXD or senior managers, yes. yeah. and see who who's there. The uh, yeah. You can also filter by joined in the last year, so you can see how much of a push there's been as well. So. You can start to and then take some of those questions into the interview and see how they're really if people are like if you go into the interview process and say like right, i've noticed over the last year this many people have joined the company and i saw that this many people joined from this background it's going to put them on their toes and have to march <laughs> like, uh, 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 <laughs> then yeah. you can probably tell you've not really thought about this much but, but on also, your side it shows your preparation going I'm on i just it as about well to now. say that yeah. yeah so it's um i think linkedin has got very good you know, you can what you can do with the tools out there to guide through the data the yeah, has you know, really got, um, got a lot better if you know how to use it as well um,
0: so Catherine <laughs> I, usually, I usually introduce it as a plagiarised thing but I won't um, so we usually ask each guest uh, and we'll do the same for you at right. the end of the show um, uh, to write a question for our next guest yep. our last guest has written for you, what should come first, the people or the process? Okay. Such an open question.
2: Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I'm gonna go with what my, th- this is one of those instinctive questions, right? So I'm gonna go with my gut here, and then I'll just talk and see what comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm this is based a bit on experience as well. I'm actually gonna say for people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And the reason for that is having worked in a number of different places now, you can get to a relatively similar outcome from from completely different processes. Yeah. And and I think earlier in my career, I was a bit of a stickler for best practice. Yeah. And this comes from working in you know big big, big four, right? Because because it's it part we're going to do, we're going to go, we're going to sell the whole. Yeah. You know, we know best practice. So there's a whole bit around. This is what best practice is. You've absolutely yeah. got to do it this way. Otherwise, you are get it wrong. You know. Having completely changed industry now and gone from sort of organisations with thirty thousand people to just took under four hundred people, those processes—there's a reality behind the processes that make sense, right? Yep. And as long as you are getting to the right outcome, that's, that's compliant and all that kind yeah. of stuff, but that represents your culture and that represents the so the culture plus the the, the sort of the audience that you're looking to attract to, to you know the type of employee, the type of employees that you're looking to attract, the process you, you can you can design the process around the culture and the outcome you're trying to get to. Yeah. So that's kind of whereas definitely if you'd asked me that sort of maybe even just five years ago, I'd be like, process is so important, <laughs> streamlining you know, there's efficiencies, it helps you get better tech efficiencies, it helps you get but I, I really do think now that there's there is there are be- there are interesting and better ways of doing different things depending on on who you are, um, how you want to operate, and the organisation that you're trying to create or you're trying to grow, and therefore you put the people at the heart of that. This is where you see the rise of you know, the HR teams and our people teams, people teams of people experience teams, yeah, and so there is an overall process of the, the people experience journey that we talk about. So. But if you put the, the the people experience element and people at the, at the heart of that your processes will follow
0: i can actually yeah. really i actually agree i i um i thought i would have i would have said process because i'm like obsessed with process <laughs> yeah um, and I think if you I've could, been you been know, there, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to refer to the terminology McDonald's in it. Um, yeah. So, like, if oh, you can create a process, lift and shift and drop sh- it somewhere sh- else. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly that. Um, and I think it actually does, you know, it can be more of a hindrance than a, than a help in some instances. Yep. And sometimes you could just go. The, it's okay that people do it differently. Uh, yeah, you know, you let let's get let's get go. to the outcome.
2: Absolutely, let go a little bit, and I started to learn to let go even in my last place, where process was absolutely crucial, particularly where you're trying to outsource those processes. Yeah. Right, you're doing them at scale. The scale comes from the different number of of, of countries that you might be working with. You cannot. You are not going to follow the exact same process in Poland as you are in Spain. No. And and we and we accept some of those changes because there are you know legal and regulatory reasons and all this kind of stuff. And anybody who's ever done a big transformation will be like, oh no, my God! If I remember that, I feel pain <laughs> of, of yeah. that. Um, but I'm I'm sort of talking so th- there's always those things. But I'm sort of talking more about you know just the general way that you do things. Yeah. And, you know, this it will change based on the way that your system works, it will change based on the interactions that you wanna have. It'll change based on the way how your CEO wants to set that up, right? Yeah. It's like that actually I it's really important for the CEO to be involved on, on the onboarding process for something like that, for example, or whatever it is that they wanna do. Um and I and I think there is having worked now in this different industry for just a fleeting one one year She's actually loads of time in this. Yes. Time. <laughs> because the <laughs> amount of stuff that happens, I'm really seeing a difference of, of organisations like ourselves and similar, who are embracing this um, almost like a product design approach, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to any sort of people product, but put people at the heart of it, I'm taking a UX kind of lens on it. How do people kind of feel interacting with the product, and therefore how do we, how do you kind of test it, iterate, iterate from, it, yeah. and, and go from there, rather than Spend months and months and months designing the hell out of something, then test it, then build it in tech, then do retro testing and that. Fail fast. Yeah, much more fail fast, much more. Oh, if it's it's a bit crap, we'll tweak it. But but this is out and it's working. And I brought people in to sort of have a little go. And the process, we'll we'll figure out as we go, there's some stuff you've got to, to, you should know. You don't want to mess up your payroll process, and go all fancy with that. And like, <laughs> no one would like work. you to mess that <laughs> up. Yeah, let's people a heart of payroll. How do you want to do payroll? <laughs> yeah, that's one that needs process. Yeah, yeah. There's the, you know, there's a bit yeah. of a sensible approach. But I definitely think when it comes to things like whether it's performance, whether it's you know identifying talent um, and high potential, whether it's actually the learning and development processes, yeah. you, these are the things that start to drive the way that your, your culture operates in the organisation. So while there's definitely best practice and there's great learning out there go and figure something out and tweak it that works for you you know you know your organization go and have a go but you're not wedded to something for the last for the next four years because it's so hard to unpick whereas i definitely lived in a world where that was hard to do for, for a long time that's where you had to get it right that's why you had to invest up front get that process absolutely nailed because by the time you turned it on going to take a long time to tweak right because of the, the cost involved the yep. system shutdown involved the matter of training and, and just sort of how do i what does this change now look like and how do i tell people but i think we technology improved i think skill sets improved how we communicate is improved so not everything has to be 28 page powerpoint to explain something um i think async working definitely plays a role in this as well so I think good people, experienced teams, whether it's people ops or your partners or your mm. talent teams, are now getting better and faster at understanding the needs of their audience, being able to build products and process that reflect their culture and also have the UX element at the heart of it as well.
0: I think that's really interesting how, you, how, you talk, how you've sort of uh, you know, uh, aligned building people, products internally. To sort of a, a product design role, I've done the opposite uh, in every case. Um, a Seventeen-page business plan that just went out the window week two. Yeah. And you're devastated, <laughs> though. Aren't yeah, you? I, st- oh, I hated you're paying, it. You're
2: paying your save yourself, you? Yeah, no, you're absolutely
0: right. Um, and uh, in, interestingly, we just we roll we just recently rolled out um, Lattice. I don't know if you've
2: yep. heard of
0: that, but um, I did it. Without going crazy on process, and and actually, it's so much easier. Yeah. life was so much oh, okay. better. Yeah, can, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Interesting thoughts, people, or process?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm similar to you. Like, uh, I, I, am a people person. I think so. My natural brain just goes to like think putting people at the core of it. Um, I, I'm sure it was in like Richard Branson's book or something. And I'm, I remember reading it, and it says in there like if you hire great people, they will hire great people for you as well. Yeah. So as long as you keep that. Uh, Ethos. Idea that ethos at the you know the centre of it that it's mm. all about the people and they will do great things for you if you hire the right people. On the other side of it, process there is a place for having. Str- I mean, I'm talking about from a hiring perspective. Yeah, having great process in place takes out bias sometimes as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked yeah. about right at the start of this. Yeah.
2: it doesn't work when it comes to a hiring process. if yeah. You're like, well, I, I got a good feel
0: for this, person yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, I've read it's yeah. that again this could be completely made up (laughs) (laughs) i seem to do that a lot on these podcasts you're 74 percent more likely to hire someone that looks like you yeah right so like so like you're just (laughs) (laughs)
2: dating
0: yeah exactly so you're you know absolutely you're right some some processes are 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 important to remove those those biases for sure pretty sure
2: i'm just thinking about my team now they're all like Cat definitely I guess we like, uh, but I'm now thinking
0: about it no. <laughs> um, well look that's thanks for joining us uh, Kat um, and William thanks for listening and if you're watching thanks for bearing with our squinty eyes uh, we're not complaining because it's beautiful weather but it hasn't been fantastic for filming but uh, thanks for listening and watching and we'll see you soon
1: you used to have your contingent workforce your permanent workforce and what I'm now seeing is more total talent approach yep, yep. so um, one of our clients for example has specifically called out that 25 percent of their workforce it needs to be agile so